Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? It's showtime, folks! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Power in the inmate! Embrace the vision. We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price! For the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! Hey, yo! You just made the list! I am the man! Eat! Let's just get down to business. We'll shoot from the hip. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of NEW talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT, AEW, slash ROH, and more. My name is Jay Bowman, and I'm joined by award-winning New York Times journalist, Mr. Wyatt Aren't the Stanchion. Wyatt, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm going to pull back the you know the fourth wall here a little bit. We're going to talk normally before the show start. We all clap and to get our audio in sync. You and me, Bowman, we nailed it. Uh, Mike Paris was terrible at it. I just want to know he did a terrible job of it. So introduce me if you could. I just, okay, okay, okay. Don't, it was terrible. Okay, last I, week I, <laughs> I, you may not have even clapped last week if I recall correctly. You didn't even. You looked caught off guard. <laughs> As if it's not something we do See, every here's single what time. Like, when people air pull the audio, Jay. I don't pull like the people, audio. That is behind the scenes stuff you shouldn't be talking about. <laughs> you brought that up. What are you doing? What are you doing? There's certain locker room code. What you were gonna do? I don't locker mean to break ethics, down the boys. fourth wall locker here. Room ethics. I just don't. Okay. We're gonna play that game. I see. Okay. We are also joined by uh, the architect, Mister As Always, the Clap Master, Thank the you. man of a thousand nicknames, Mister Mike Paris. Paris, how are you? I deserve that addition. Thank you. <laughs> I am always prepared to clap. I even do like wind up claps to get ready for my real clap. You can I'm, tell. I'm good. Yeah. Before you clap, you can tell you put the work in. He's, he's well versed in the clap. We we know. Wyatt just shattering the kayfabe of the show. <laughs> Fucking hell, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are, we're past it. NEW5 has happened. It was last week. Uh, we're going to jump right into it and uh, talk about it with the NEW segment. Let's go. All right, a massive, massive thank you to everybody who attended NEW5 uh, last week at the HCC, the Harbor Convention Center. It was a fantastic show. Still, man, just thinking about how awesome that setup was. Like, I showed it to a lot of my friends who maybe aren't, like, wrestling folks. And they're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, for, like, indie wrestling standards, like, this is, like, this is a big deal. The fact that they had the individual, like, pictures on the on the banners and stuff was was nuts. I thought it was awesome. Uh, Wyatt, you were there. Uh, what'd you think about uh, about the setup for the show? 
I don't know. Mike Paris has something to say. He's more important than Mike. You have something oh, to say. Christ Spread your wisdom. You're going to blow up this kayfabe too? What are you talking <laughs> I'm just saying. You used the hand signal we're not supposed to talk about to let me know that you want to speak. So go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit caught off guard here. Uh, what I was going to say is that when I saw because they released an artist's rendition or what have you of what they wanted the venue to look like. And I was like, hmm. I don't know if you could pull that off, but they did. And it looked exactly as planned. Um, everything like the screens looked very professional. The setup looked great. Uh, you, you guys from the, from the broadcast booth had a great vantage point of what was happening in the ring. Um, and it just seemed a, a plus a, a, a tier setup, uh, for NEW. This is no bingo hall, baby. No, it was, a. Uh... Really nice. I don't remember which photographer got the the photo, uh, so forgive me for not getting the credit. But there's one picture of Sebastian Wolf pinning someone while his like banner was hanging behind him. Oh, fan, that's right? nice. Like, it's just it's like next level stuff. It's like when you create an arena in like WWE 2K, like you kind of make yeah. it like that kind of style. Like it felt yeah. very next level. So again, like the fact they're doing the next show on a Thursday, like yeah, it's not a Friday Saturday, but I would take any day at Harbor Center over a lot of venues because it was one that's one of my favorite venues to do for doing interviews with people that is my favorite place i've ever done it just because that's yeah. a nice little area away from everywhere and uh crowd was into it the only thing i will say is uh the beer line kind of walking past uh all the seats kind of caused some instance where fans almost got hit by wrestlers so you know keep away everyone that <laughs> you know going back to the seats that was amusing to me <laughs> it almost didn't matter where you were sitting you almost that's got true. hit by wrestlers yeah to borrow a phrase from uh christopher walken in the infamous cowbell sketch they explored the space oh yeah they, they were they all the place. yeah it was a lot of, again it was uh, one of the best shows i've seen and NAW keeps hitting out of the park, and I keep wanting to bury them and, and you know, make fun of them, but I haven't had a chance yet, so I, I'm waiting. The I'll company? Yeah, yeah. You no, keep I'm wanting gonna... to bury and make As fun of the company. As an objective journalist, I have to make fun of them at least once. You know, that's okay. how you roll. <laughs> oh, how about that picture, the black and white? I think it's from, uh, maybe, I want to say Ray Erner for the, the trash compactor from the Wise Men. That's that was it. Ray. Then he did the black and white ones, and he would got the one of, uh, well, he's the pro, Ray's the best. I love him. But Ray's yeah, great. Uh, yeah, uh, he had that one. Like, yeah, so many good photos from the event. Uh, so much good talent coming through that show and just, yeah, uh, it's, there's so many stories that we could talk about, uh, about that show, but I loved it all. Yeah. That's at Ray Erner photo for all your photography needs. Southern uh, Comfort himself. He used to be a wrestler. He was Southern the jobber Comfort, champion. Yes. Right. He was the jobber champion. <laughs> me me and Ray go the... back long time to, to those days. Yeah. Cause if you lose uh, we used the to match, work together, so you keep the title. Did you guys work together at the movie theaters? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah. sure did. So yeah. we go, we go back together. to his Southern Comfort days. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. Um, all right. Uh, so, Paris, you uh, weren't able to be at the show, but you were following along on like Instagram and seeing what fans and stuff were posted. What was your like opinion of like the matches from that? Because everybody seemed to be super excited. Yeah, yeah. Everyone seemed into it. Uh, and now I've I've had the ability. Now we're trickling out the the uh, YouTube presentations of, of the matches here. So I've now been able to watch uh, SOE uh, versus Reloaded, which was an awesome match uh, start to finish. And, and it started started a chaos. Like you said, they explored the space quickly with that one. Um, so I, I just love the presentation and they were great at uh, leading me along throughout the night and I was able to keep up through Instagram and all that. So if you guys aren't already following uh, NEW on Instagram, go ahead and do that because you're going to be able to, to pick up on stuff you wouldn't be able to otherwise. And as you mentioned, uh, rather than the entire broadcast coming out uh, today, which was the original plan, they're going to be trickling it out match by match over the next 10 days or so, which is, I think, a really great way to take in the show. 
But uh, yeah, we'll talk about uh, Reloaded versus State of Emergency. Uh, Reloaded, they're still due. Hashtag Reloaded or due. Uh, But uh, State of Emergency gets the win, and they are now the number one contenders for the Wise Men's NEW Tag Team Championship. Uh, A lot of bad blood between these teams uh, from the Chase for the Championship tournament. Wyatt, you're close with the Wise Men, but I know you're also, as a lot of us on the show are, fans of State of Emergency. So where, where do your allegiances lie? I, I, you know, I get a, that question asked to me a lot, and I'm not ready to, to go on record about that yet. Let's just say I respect both teams. Uh, I, you know what? I do wonder, and this is just objectively wondering, if the wise men, like, you know, like the conquering Romans, have spread themselves a little bit too thin. Uh, you know, they've been in control a long time, had a lot of power, uh, but now, you know, they're trying to keep Travis with the belt. You know, they were involved in their match. Uh, they've got four members trying to get their individual success. They've got tag team success. SOE only has one target right now. And that's Tag Team Glory. They're focused. They've got one of the best managers in the game. And now you've got the wise men who, you know, they got, they took a beating from Miller Tribe. Uh, so it's just, I'm just wondering, like, if it comes down to it, you got a young, hungry team looking for those titles. I'm, I'm a little worried about the wise men. I'm not going to lie. Now, <clears throat> speaking of their manager, uh, I... I now, State of Emergency, Miles Deville and Sebastian Wolf are are just riding that rocket uh here in naw and i wonder if they've quickly outgrown their manager i don't they've he's got them there i know i'm i'm why it's about to sick cassidy on me physically <laughs> right now uh but I, they they have gotten to the apex and and maybe they're gonna wait until after after they take the belts off of the wiseman but i i think they're quickly outgrowing their need for cassidy can I ask Bowman a question here? Bowman, get, get in here. Let's just I'm, I'm, I never left. Okay, you're back in the room. You, you left, <laughs> and now you're back. And uh, you like, re, you know, Reloaded, right? You enjoy them. I they're, do. You, I, I, you know what? You do I and think they do, right? And they started this match with some great edge. Look at that decoy. That was Utilizing cool. Parm. And then getting on State of Emergency's level by brawling with them in the crowd. I Yeah, I loved what I saw from Reloaded. Right? And like, you know, have you met two nicer kids in the biz than those two? Delightful oh, young men. Jackie Lee always giving me food. Right. So he's got little <laughs> snacks. He's a snack man. Awesome, guys. Um, where has that niceness got them? Nowhere. Admittedly, nowhere. But exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so we sitting here, they've got their little ace in the sleeve. They got Casty, who has managed many champions. Casty, who has an in with the general manager, and they're going to take advice from Mike Paris saying, "Hey, you know, what you should get rid of." <laughs> That manager can do a ton of I, shit for you. I didn't for say no it was reason. advice. I oh, just he's outgrown them. Yeah, so they're gonna go. What they're gonna tell yeah. Cassie? I'm sorry, we've outgrown you. Please leave now. We don't need this advantage anymore. Now, do you? Th- or, sorry, Mike. Do you think State of Emergency are they? Are they dumb? Are they? Stupid oh, I'm people? allowed to. You're asking me questions now. I'm. I'm, I'm talking to you. You're Should I have the left room. the room? You did leave the room, and now you're back. Okay, so I just want to ask a question. Yeah. Do they look dumb to you? That's the question. Do you think they're no. dumb people? And oh, yeah. That's exactly why I don't think they need. Need, like I, you, you have you've been negotiating with Cassidy in the past for how yeah. much he's charging uh, his clients, and I believe you were attempting to be one of his clients at some point. I can't recall what that what that storyline was. Signed but... a waiver, NDA. Can't can't talk. Okay, about it. sorry. Um, but yeah, they don't need to. They don't. Need, their their careers are only now taken off. They can't afford to keep this guy on. Uh, he's not doing anything for them. They can handle their own business. They can handle their own success, and and it, they're only going up from here. I will say Sebastian Wolf did uh, utilize a briefcase. uh, You can get a briefcase anywhere. Buy your own briefcase, Sebastian. (laughs) You don't need to use Cassidy's. 
All, all I can think of something is about the Thomas Crown affair. I can't remember. <laughs> it, that's for another time. If if Mike Paris had just you know listened to the advice of the honky tonk man a little bit low more, maybe he'd have a writing yeah. career. But he's always pushing veterans aside. So I think you know, I think that's what he's doing just fine with the Cassidy. What you got to do is you got to team with Greg Valentine, make him dye his hair black, and then drive out to the uh, drive out to the ring in a car driven by Diamond Dallas Page. Is what you got to do. Whatever works. Whatever works. Um, I'm so looking forward to uh, State of Emergency versus uh, versus Wise Men at NEW six. That's going to be nuts. Uh, second they, match. Do they had... play under the Freebirds rule, uh, Wise Men? I don't believe so. It's it's Billy no? Swade and uh, okay. Tony Baroni are curious. the champs. Just and curious. Ferguson's their uh, insurance policy. And Travis Williams is their leader because he's the champion. Just right. sowing a little, sowing a little discontent there. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> Travis Williams runs the wise men. I'm just saying that right now. Uh, second match, we had Rhea Von Slasher versus Max the Impaler. It was a pretty hard-hitting match um, with the return of the Cremator after the match, which was really, really cool to see. Yeah, I got, I got to interview both of them, which was a lot of fun. Uh, both intimidating in their own ways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tell me about that Max interview. You didn't get a lot out of them. I feel like it was a very subtle interview. I think, you know, they spoke with their eyes. You could get, kind of get a lot out of that from them. So, um, yeah, I felt, you know, I really controlled that interview. It's a power interview, as I call it. So that went really well. And then, yeah, talking to Rayvon Slasher, who, yeah, a little, little disagreement with the, with the husband there. I'm intrigued to see how that's going to come into play. Obviously, Cremator is, um, I'm sure Mike Perry says she doesn't need him either. Who needs a husband? Uh, but I do think that, uh, you know, I'm going to see how that dynamic plays out because, you know, Rhea, I think she's, she's, she's due, she is due to quote my good friend Bowman. Can we just loop back to your interviews? Because, like, if there was a, a tone throughout all the interviews that you released uh, from NEW5, it was, um, how do I phrase this? You're not welcome here. Uh, it's because <laughs> I asked the hard questions. So, like, when I go to, like, these interviews and I'm Like, did you, like, sneak in the back? Like, I got the impression that you literally weren't welcome by anyone no, I mean, that you were interviewing. It was a, it was a, a VIP area specifically for me. Yeah, a little dark. Lighting was a bit, you know, uh, dim, but uh, it's an area they set aside just for me. And I mean, I clearly interviewed these people. I'm clearly allowed to be there. So it was fine. It was, a, you know, I, I did, again, award-winning interviews uh, for an award-winning person in my I saw other people wearing, like, lanyards that said, like, you know, talent or what have you. I didn't you see that on you. So I assume this this zone was maybe next to the back door or something that you'd left so propped open or when Henry Sedin goes to you know Rogers Arena they don't say ask for his ID you know this is Henry Sedin so same thing oh it's Stanchi Stanchi's here so you know that's, that's how it works I hate okay, to say it okay. but that's a good point so. that's a good point I'll, t- I'll take it I'll take it uh the third match we had a triple threat Eli Surge versus Adam Ryder versus Evan Rivers uh quite a few rising stars here at play Adam Ryder uh, got the win uh, much to the delight of Wyatt Arndt, who for some reason uh, has has beef with uh, with Evan Rivers. I just think that Evan Rivers uh, just makes a lot of people sad. You know, he, you expect a lot out of him, and then he, he loses, so it just hurts me. I, I want the best for Evan, and he just keeps letting me down. So you know, I just I just I hope he wins one day. I'm still waiting for someone to catch in on that bounty. Um, but you know, for me, the big surprise for that match, uh, Eli Surge kind of almost almost the, the the man of the night. He got the crowd really behind him and. He went up for that moonsault, and uh, he had the shaky legs going on. I was a little concerned. I'm like, uh-oh, I don't know if he's going to pull this off. But then he had that moment of calmness come over him, like he was Sean Bean reading a poem. And then he accepted his fate, and he landed the perfect moonsault, the best move I've seen in, in years. And uh, awesome, awesome moment. It was majestic. I got to yeah. say, wait for that match to come out, because that moonsault from the top rope to the outside executed perfectly. That was nuts. Yeah, I, I like what I've seen out of all three of these guys. Um, I, I was... I. I'm surprised uh, that Evan Rivers didn't pick up the win here. I, I 
I thought he was my favorite going into it. Uh, the high to heartthrob comes away with it, but uh, but Evan Rivers, you know, I'm not gonna to paraphrase my friend Bowman. I think he's due. Uh, not only d- just due to the negative talk from Wyatt here, just saying that he can't win all the time, uh, but he's he's got a he's he's my rising star, uh, so to speak, uh, in NEW. So um, I I hope to see him come out with a victory soon. Okay, look, not, you know, to paraphrase myself, paraphrasing Bowman, uh, he's not due here. Like, not everyone can be due, all right? We can't have, like, we can't have everyone being due. We gotta, we gotta have, you know what we're gonna do next show? We each gonna choose someone that's due, and we're gonna have to set it in stone, because okay. we need to have one person. Otherwise, if, if, like, half the roster's due, will. yeah, we're gonna pick a boy, but they call it, which for, that's trademarked for another show. They're gonna be due. <laughs> it's gonna be due, and who's due? <laughs> do yeah. the due. We'll that's get Mountain trade- Dew branding. Yeah. It'll be great. That's trademark from OSW Review, which we stole for Trust the Process. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you can always, there's only one level of theft uh, possible on podcasts. So, uh, the la- the next match we had was uh, Triple Threat, another one. Uh, Bambi Hall versus Zoe Sager making her NEW debut versus someone that I know Wyatt's a big fan of. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of them, too. Taryn from Accounting, one of the hardest hitters in the entire company. She's just a double threat. She can hit you and then do your taxes. I mean, what's not to like there? That's that's pretty good stuff. So I think you know the company NEW what itself wouldn't, wouldn't be around. <laughs> hard hitting money, hard hitting savings. Uh, that's what I'm into. Punch me in uh, the face, then calculate my deductions. my taxes. Hey, who can't king shave in 2022, boys? Uh, you know, I think uh, NEW wouldn't be around without her uh, knowledge of the numbers. And I think in the ring, you're seeing. Uh, uh, just, you know, I can't say she's due. We haven't decided that yet, but I, I do think any one of these uh, ladies could do fantastic. Even Bambi Hall coming back, making that, like, she was hitting hard, too. Like, yeah. that was, uh, you know, I heard a lot of people tell me that was one of their favorite matches of the night, so that was awesome. And I was also super impressed with Zoe Sager. I hadn't really seen yep. a ton before. When she was booked for the show, I went and watched uh, some matches on YouTube, did some research, uh, trained by Lance Storm, and you can definitely tell, like, there's a lot of really, really great in-ring work from Zoe Sager. I'm really excited to see her, uh, more in the future yeah and you know you've made an impression on this on this territory when nicole matthews says i want next right and yeah uh, that's oh, exactly yeah. what we're seeing uh at the next show is is zoe sager and nicole matthews so obviously nicole watching this match uh saw saw a fierce competitor there so zoe sager is around for good that's great. The uh, fifth match, uh, one of the ones that got the crowd the, the hottest, uh, B-Boy with the Illa Tribe versus the Wise Men with Mr. Ferguson. Really, really hard-hitting match here. I was surprised to see the Illa Tribe take the lead on a lot of offense and basically kind of use B-Boy as their, as their DH and bring him in for the, uh, for the big attacks. But this was awesome. The crowd was super, super into it. Yeah, it kind of went how I thought it would. I, like I said, I think the Wisemen are, are, are spread a little too thin. I didn't know if they'd have enough to dig down uh, to beat uh, B-Boy and Illa Tribe. Illa Tribe is also another hungry uh, pairing. And then you got B-Boy who will go toe-to-toe with anyone. Just years of experience. This guy is just so much fun to watch. And you know what? To Mike's point, you know, the most welcome people backstage were the Illa Tribe. Even though I know they got that edge to them, they got a bit of that. I know they're not maybe not as good as we think. Uh, they were uh, fantastic to talk to. And this was the best I've ever seen the Illa Tribe. They were firing on all cylinders here. They looked great. Yeah, and this has gotta like they beat the tag champs ostensibly, so like we gotta put them in the picture there uh, for the tag titles. And of course, the Voros twins came out and they they made a statement uh, that night as well, uh, staking their claim on on the, the tag titles and and wanting to be in the mix there and upsetting some people while they did it. So oh, yeah, we didn't uh, talk about that, but the Voroses are dicks. 
Did we know that already? They came out after the after Reloaded's laying on the ground, still reeling from the the beatdown from State of Emergency, and here comes the Voros twins, uh, you know, to hot dog and grandstand, and then yeah, they get some, they hit the Da Vinci Code on Reloaded, and they beat the crap out of them. What the hell, Voros twins? Okay, look, I mean, you guys have what like twenty followers between you. You don't get it. Us with the big followings, it's just a different life we live. All right, so you just like they came in. They got to put in a show for TikTok. They got different avenues they're trying to, you know, support. Uh, 1.8 million people around the world saw the Voros go in and put on a show. And there's a couple of you people are upset that the beat up Reloaded. I mean, Reloaded was due for a beating. So, you know, that was, uh, that's all I got to say about that. I feel pretty good about that one. I'm going to lean back now. The worst thing that ever happened to you was getting the K after your follower count on Twitter. There was a real shift there in your uh, in your conduct and your candor in dealing with you. So as soon as you got that K, you had that K swagger. I bet the Reloaded is terrified saying terrified that about, uh, about the Voros twins. I, the yeah. worst thing that ever happened to them was, was getting get, the get, M. Getting that M after yeah. their followers. I bet, I bet they're feeling wronged by their friends right now. But uh, yeah. whatever. Speaking of, get, speaking of getting wronged by your friends, uh, the next match was Taylor Rising and Mark Wheeler in from uh, Ontario uh, versus what was supposed to be the return of Plexus and Power. Uh, Wyatt, they played Stompa. I marked out huge. He did the Stompa strut. It was excellent, uh, but he didn't appear to be dressed to compete. And turns out he wasn't because Plexus's big announcement, which he had been hyping up for a while, Wyatt, which we had tasked you with getting the scoop on, was that, uh, yeah, he ain't wrestling. And instead, his uh, replacement was Eddie Osborne, who, to say the least, has a very contentious relationship with Cat Power. I mean, I, I knew all along he was injured. I just couldn't say anything for betting reasons. So he asked me not to tell anyone. So, you know, there's money in the line. You know, Taryn from accounting talked to me about it. So I had to keep up in the down low. So, uh, you know, unfortunate that finger injury really holding them back. I know he wanted to unzip the vest. But if you, with a hurt finger, if you try to unzip that vest, that's a world of trouble, that hurt yeah. finger. So The hurt middle finger, I should also mention. Yeah. No, so. he showed it Cat to make sure she knew that he was hurt. So we all knew. So, um, yeah, it was, I love Cat Power, you know, crying house all day for me. But Eddie Osborne and her have had, they've had a lot of history over the last couple of years. And I... I was wondering if they could put it together. At one point, I thought they might be able to tag and put aside their differences. You know, look like they might. Uh, but end of the day, I think that's just too much, uh, too much, too many issues between those two. So uh, you know, I, I think it's far from over between those. I think there's some rumors that Plexus isn't happy that Cat Power was signed without his knowing about it. Like, there's a lot of politics at play here. So I, it's it's messy, boys. Yeah, I disappointed to see Plexus not in the ring because I would love to have seen him get his ass kicked. But. Um, yeah, you know, these things happen. Injuries happen, I suppose. He was injured last time, too. Couldn't show up for that either, but uh, we'll take his excuses, I guess, since he is apparently uh, in a position of power. Yeah, like, uh, you have to realize his body type. This guy has the thinnest, hardest muscle in the world, but there's not a lot of padding there. Like, he is a tightly coiled rope of muscle, but that that's still, you know, there's no fat to block any sort of injury. If he stumbles down the stairs, that's an injury. So it yeah. just comes to the territory. So he's straight out of a human anatomy textbook. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No yeah, fat yeah. at all. Just, yeah. Da Vinci's used him as a model, you know. <laughs> um, what else do we have? Oh, it's great to see Cat Power back in the ring as well. Basically, this was almost like a three-on-one handicap match, just on two different sides of the ring. But a really great showing for Cat Power. Uh, awesome to see her back. And also a great showing for Mark Wheeler and Taylor Rising as well. I believe this was Taylor Rising's first match in NEW. But we've seen Mark Wheeler before, hoping to see a lot more of them in the future because they were great. Yeah, again, I, I it just speaks to the fact that 
even on day one, just looking on the women's side, I think how roster we're like, oh, I wonder how they're going to fill this out. And now fast forward to, to new five and just how much the roster expanded, not on the women's side, but the men's side as well. Like, you know, we're going to get to it soon, but even having, you know, Anton and Effie there, like there's so, like it feels like anyone can show up at any time, which is such a delight. Well, because we're going to talk about it now, but we had also the semifinal matches for the Women's Championship uh, tournament to crown the inaugural NEW Women's Champion. But up to this point in the show, before we got to these two women's matches, we had already seen great action from Rhea Von Slasher, Maxi Impaler, Bambi Hall, Zoe Sager, Taryn from Accounting, Taylor Rising, Cat Power. Like, the talent is deep in the women's division. Uh, but the first match we had for the semifinals was Nicole Matthews versus legendary Sumi Sakai. Uh, Sumi Sakai getting the win here. Surprised a lot of people. Yeah, I'm honestly, like Nicole Matthews is, is, is has struggled lately. Uh, I'm sure Mike Paris is happy with that because they had a run-in with Starbucks. Uh, but I think for, for me, you know, I... I I feel a bit bad for her. I want her. Like I just, it's a good challenge for her, though. I think it's a good time for her to sit there and test her metal because she has run BC for a long time now, and now you know she's gonna have to face the fact that like it, was she a big fish in a small pond, and like she has to kind of have a big deep talk with herself, uh, preferably looking in the mirror so you can really get that eye contact with yourself and dig deep into your soul, which is something Mike Paris has I need to do for years. He doesn't do enough of it. Inner reflection, you know, just gotta get the inner reflection going. Okay, okay, okay. So I I may have burnt Nicole's croissant at one point. I may have sweetened her iced tea, and she Gross. didn't want it sweetened. You should and be doing that. Listen, I apologized at the time. Okay, okay. Maybe yeah, this. Maybe that's. Mm. It was in her mind. She was distracted by the burnt croissant, and that's what made her lose this match. I'm not going to take credit, but maybe it was me. As a massive fan of Starbucks croissants, uh, Paris, I got to say, I'm with her on this one. Uh, if you <laughs> were to burn my croissant, that's that's unforgivable. Well, stuff, to so. to uh, layer it on to make it even worse, it was the last croissant. I oh had my god! In stock, oh. Jesus Christ! Oh, dude, yeah, sir. Did you get yeah. a name right? Like, have you apologized? Have you wait? Have you apologized for this? Uh, well, you know, in a customer service way, yeah. No, but like did, you didn't. <laughs> Sorry you about your croissant. <laughs> so sorry, Princess Matthews. Yeah. So sorry, I'm going to struggle with your croissant. People are starving in the world. Here's your little burnt croissant. Here's your non-burnt croissant, your majesty. <laughs> wow, okay. I didn't know how uh, how deep this went. But uh, yeah, well, I think we should maybe have her on the show, get you guys yeah. to hash this out. Oh, boy. Okay. Because yep. I want to hear it from her perspective. Uh, she goes into Starbucks. There's some... Twerp behind the counter, just giving her the eyes, just really giving her a stink eye, going, I'm going to ruin this person's now? day. <laughs> that's not me. That's her potentially yeah. saying that, hypothetically. Oh, okay. That's Thanks, like Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is a real big piece of shit behind the counter. This real asshole. And Take then... it down. Why does it say with twerp? Let's, let's not put words in her mouth. That's what except... she said, though. Like, we're, oh, playing, okay. we're allowed to say what she said, right? Oh, yeah. Fair, fair. All right. right. Okay. Uh, the next match we had was uh, the Strays, Elliot Tyler and Judas Icarus uh, versus Effie and Anton Alexiev. Second appearance of Anton Alexiev in NEW, and I'd say he had the people talking more than his last appearance, which is saying something because that barroom brawl he had with Malik Mello at NEW3 was instant classic. But this time with Effie in his tag match, holy shit. I love Anton. I want him on every single show. Uh, I loved Effie. I want him on every show. I want them to tag forever. Those two were fantastic. They had 
tons of chemistry. That was my favorite interview of the night in the backstage. They both loved my awards. It was very nice. Uh, it was just fantastic watching them go to work. Again, I have said that I worry that the strays are stronger apart than they are together, and I still feel vindicated by that. I don't know if they're going to find their groove or not. I just, I don't know. Uh, but Anton and Effie, they just, you know, right away clicked. They just found a way to get together, and I think they found, they were willing to take it to the next level, which is, you know, again, Icarus and Beef, they've done things to each other that have, like, they're willing to take the violence. I know they can do it, but for some reason, they just couldn't find it there, and I think uh, Effie and Anton took it all the way. In that match, of course, the probably the most viral moment of the night was that ladder oh, that uh, Anton jumped off. It was missing a goddamn step, didn't matter. And, and again, the fact he wears all white is delightful, too. It's just, oh, everything about that was a lot of fun. Yeah, talk about exploring the space. That was uh, certainly the most vertical point of the night. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys were there, but it, like his feet almost looked like they clipped the the lighting rig uh like the I was crowd little... yeah the, the crowd was stunned after that because that was the last uh move of the match obviously no one's getting up from a swanton from like a 20 foot ladder but uh even afterwards the next match the you know uh wrestlers were making their ring entrance and i was just looking around and the crowd was still just like stunned with what they had seen because i don't think you can get any higher unless you're jumping off of the lighting rig or jumping off of the catwalk because that was absolutely insane well, maybe that's next. Then we've we've got this venue booked for the next show. Hopefully, hopefully Alexiev doesn't doesn't get any higher. Yeah, I will say that I know Taryn from accounting was livid because that almost broke the insurance that they had filed for the show. So again, everyone be careful, Taryn. She laid it up before the show. You just gotta listen, okay? <laughs> uh, then we had uh, the other semifinal match: uh, Taya Valkyrie versus KC Spinelli. Uh, Spinelli getting into it with Valkyrie's mom uh, in the crowd. Uh, getting a little distracted there, but uh, really great match from the two of them. KC Spinelli gets the win, so it's going to be her versus Sumi Sakai for the first ever NEW Women's Championship. But this was a great match. Yeah, again, I, I did express concern that maybe. Tara had been a bit more she could chew because, like, again, you face Drexel. That guy's uh, that's that's a tough one. And you come out here right away and you're facing off against another veteran in the biz in Casey Spinelli who knows how to win big ones, too. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think Tara, I think Tara could do it, but it's just Casey, she just, you know, it's not shocking she won. She's good, too, right? Either one of them could have won, I would have been like, oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, this was this was you know two of the most veteran wrestlers in in Canada here who who have huge resumes on either end so this could have gone either way um you know but casey smelly coming out with it and i'm excited to see the the match against sumi sakai to, to crown who's going to be the first women's champion and what we've already discussed is a is a very talented division yeah, because Sumi Sakai, you know, very honorable, like, long-tenured veteran. Casey Spinelli, as we saw from this match, not afraid to take a shortcut or five uh, to get the win. So, I mean, your guys' guess is as good as mine for who's going to be the first ever NEW Women's Champion, because it's going to go either way. Uh, and then the main event of the evening, it was Travis Williams defending the NEW Championship against Artemis Spencer uh, in a really, really hard-hitting match. Artie suffered a pretty major injury during the match. Yeah, I think that shows how much, you know, he put into that match. And I think Travis met him just head on with that. And it's just the wear and tear of that match. And Artemis, like, tried to fight through it. And, I, you know, we're all going to wonder, if he wasn't injured, would he have won that match? We don't know. So, you know, it's good for Travis to do one. But, again, he had to use those tactics that Mike Paris loved so much. Had to get the Wiseman involved a little bit. And, like, they were, you know, wandering around the ring the entire match. It's going to play in your mind. You wonder if, like, you know, that's what I said. If you're going to beat Travis Williams, you got to find a way to ban those guys from the ring. I mean, honestly, how else? Like, they're just always there. Yeah, it looks at the, at this point, to your point, Wyatt, that uh, that the the Wiseman and 
I guess Travis are are unbeatable, and Travis is going to hold on to that belt as long as they're allowed to to continue to interfere. And I, I maybe I got to get on the phone with Rob Fay and and ask questions about the officiating and these kind of things because how are these guys continuing to get away with these things that are happening? What what do you want, Wyatt? Well, I mean, don't you think it would be a good idea to have someone on your side that could maybe look at the rules and, and enforce things from a legal side of things to kind of ensure that that doesn't happen? Like what? Chris Cassidy, like if you're a city of emerging, maybe you shouldn't get rid of that guy because he's going to help you <laughs> with, uh, you know, I just, I'm just thinking out loud here. I know you can come back to the room now, Mike, but I just think that's probably something that should happen. <laughs> I can come back now. Good. You can come back now. Yeah, come back. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't see a way out for for anyone to take that belt off of off of Travis, and that's just unfortunate. That the Artemis with a broken Achilles, ruptured Achilles tendon, still managed to to pull off his 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 move from the top rope and still hit that pretty hard on Travis, and yet still can't pull out the victory. Like, and Travis just sneaks away. I don't. I don't agree. I'm I'm disappointed. I think Travis is a great wrestler and I want to see him legitimize this title reign and win without the outside interference because I feel like he can do it, but it just cheapens it when the wise men get involved and he gets the win because of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, winners write the history, right? So if he has a long reign, you're going to kind of maybe have a few Mike Parrises out there poo-poo the, the tactics, but they're going to remember you're a winner. If you're a uh, you know, look at again. We'll use the reloaded tactic. You're a good guy. Cool. You know, you give snacks to Bowman. Awesome, but it's not going to get you in the record books. We, we all watched Josh Alexander just tear Travis Williams to, to pieces when the Wiseman weren't able to be involved. So, uh, what if Josh Alexander comes back to town and and <laughs> finds his no. way to Travis Williams again? Uh, that could get get ugly. Now, hold on there. I thought that match was pretty even. I thought there were times where Travis uh, had him. He just got a little bit overconfident and decided to put the exclamation mark in it. So I thought Travis showed up really well against Josh Alexander. I feel like he's capable of having a really good title reign without the wise men getting involved. But to your guys' point, if they are involved or they're at ringside, you're never going to beat this guy. I will say again, like there's a reason that Travis Williams won't appear on the podcast. Mike Paris has showed you why, right? <laughs> Like, I mean, it's pretty, pretty blatant is biased, right? So try and be objective, Mike. Just try it once, okay? Yeah. Don't burn everyone's croissant. Okay? Is that what wins <laughs> wins awards is uh, being objective? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I have an objective. Effie isn't well. buying your bullshit, by the way. I saw it in that video. <laughs> he that did. F- he asked F- me the awards. I clarified, and we went and partied for Anton's birthday. So I don't know what you're getting your stories from. I mean, you weren't there, typical. So um, How I are was. you staying objective if you're partying with uh, with people, Wyatt? I said investigating. I don't know why you heard party. That's oh, weird. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just... I don't, I, because what you just said you just hear things you want to hear sometimes. <sighs> All right, guys. Be well, that that was NEW five again. Subscribe to Nation Extreme Wrestling on YouTube to watch these matches as they'll be trickling out over the next uh, ten days or so. Uh, go to newwrestling.ticketleap.com/slash/new6 to get your tickets for NEW six, which will be April the seventh uh, at the same venue, the Harbor Convention Center. Uh, tickets are on sale now, and the front row already gone. Again, these are the hottest tickets in town. The wrestling's just going to get better and better. Uh, this is the place to be. Uh, the merch store is up now. You can buy the merch. If you want to get an award-winning two, like the one I have, it's on that website. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, never been a better time to be an NAW fan. Is it marked as a Wyatt Arndt's award-winning toque? It should be. I'm going to talk to Rob about that. I, I did notice it was missing that. 
And we already have a couple matches that have been announced for NEW6. Anton Alexiev, who we talked about on the show, uh, and we've been talking about him a lot today in, in the past, uh, he's getting a title shot. He's going to push Travis to the limit. Uh, Anton, again, if you've seen these shows, uh, I do hope you have some friends to help you out because the wise men aren't going away. Like, I, I just, I do agree that if you want to win this title, you got to find a way to isolate Travis. That's right. We're also going to have, as we mentioned, State of Emergency will take on the Wise Men for the NEW Tag Team titles. KC Spinelli versus Sumi Sakai for the inaugural NEW Women's Championship. Nicole Matthews will be taking on Zoe Sager. And uh, yeah, there's rumors and rumblings of some other matches that may be happening. I'm hearing something maybe about a, a battle royal or something. Uh, March 15th, the entire card will be announced. Then right here on Wrestle Nation, as soon as that happens, we'll be uh, we'll be breaking it all down, going over our predictions and matches that we're really excited to see. Uh, so also want to give a shout out to, I know we mentioned uh, Ray Erner, but also uh, Josh Ruckstall and uh, Mark Steffens, uh, responsible for all the great pictures that you saw come out of NEW5. Uh, Wyatt, is there anything else NEW-wise you wanted to chat about? I'll give a shout out to my cameraman, Tyler. He uh, nailed it at the show. That was a lot of fun. So uh, other than that, no, I'm honestly just, as always, we keep getting excited about this these shows, and they keep nailing it out of the park. So um, uh, I can't wait to see the next the next show, and I can't wait to do more award-winning interviews. You know, this is a lot of fun meeting these new people. April 7th, Harbor Convention Center. You got to be there. It's, you know, an amazing time to be out watching live professional wrestling locally. This is an incredible roster of really, really talented uh, future stars. So, yeah, you owe it to yourself to check it out. It's a lot of fun. Although, bear in mind, you may have a wrestler in your lap or they may steal your chair at some point. Because as we saw, they are not afraid to get in the crowd and uh, and mix it up. Just don't steal my beer. I always ha- that always that I always get sad. When I see on wrestling shows people's beers get stolen and tossed in someone's face, just just don't do that. It's bad for beer. Yeah, if you steal his beer, he's going to burn your croissant right back. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. All right, well, that's it for uh, the NEW segment. And, uh, yeah, we'll move on and talk about the wide world of wrestling. All right, so a pretty eventful week in professional wrestling, to say the least. I mean, we're in basically WrestleMania. Oh, oh, sorry, boys, boys, boys. Uh, I, I got to go. I got to go party with that. <laughs> investigate oh, for some things sake. with Anton. Like, We've got a big. He's, he's, uh, I got to help investigate. I got to invest. I, I got to talk. Another Anton. cameo appearance from yeah. Mr. Inconsistent. I, fine, fine, fine. But get him to come on the show. Use your connections. And we'd love to have some of these guys on the show. I. It's just, you don't ask friends. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll look into it. I'll look into it. I'll but into it. they shouldn't be your friends. Well, You're I an objective journalist. I, I agree. They're not. They're, they're, they're subjects I report on. I agree. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, I have yeah. fun then. And uh, yeah, do some do some booking. Get us some guests. Fine. Next week, I'll have a guest for you. I can, that, that is the stanchy guarantee. I will have a guest next week that'll blow you away. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, have fun then. All right, boys. Have a good show. Bye-bye. I don't think Once he's bringing again. a guest. I don't think so either. I think he's going to be the guest. Oh, yeah. As, like, as the yeah. guest this time, he, he, I'll be here for the whole show. Cocksure MFR. Jeez. Ah. 
All right. Well, Wide World of Wrestling, we will start alphabetically, not just because it's the best, with uh, AEW uh, leading off Dynamite this week. Tony Khan's major announcement he's been teasing for a few weeks now. Uh, A lot of rumors and rumblings that maybe it was going to be a streaming partnership with HBO Max, which that's not to say that's off the table. Uh, I kind of imagine that might be coming next with the announcement that was made that Mr. Khan has acquired Ring of Honor. Holy shit. Yeah, the the value in this deal is in the tapes, right? Like, you can't... Oh, yeah. Like, you're not inheriting anything much more than a library of what is now some of your top-tier stars uh, in their early years. So, to for a company to jump onto a streaming service like HBO Max or, or what have you, um, without any sort of historical stuff we've talked about, uh, the WWE Network recently, and and what we love about that is the is the old stuff, uh, and that adds some real value. So to have ownership of the ROH uh, uh, entire back catalog and and everything that that has to offer, um, this is value just there for them. Yeah, especially because this now gets them because ROH owned All In. So now they have access to the footage from All In, which is essentially their inception. It was their, their right, first right. show. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah, so that's a big, big get for them. And also, you know, historically, just it seems like the ROH stars are more inclined with the professional wrestling landscape now to gravitate towards uh, AEW as opposed to WWE because it's professional wrestling versus sports entertainment. So the fact that you can show these historical matches, and what a great way to have uh, Brian Danielson versus Christopher Daniels being the match that happens right after that announcement. Starts with the Code of Honor handshake. Uh, Daniel's still able to go at 50 plus years old. What a great call. Uh, and you could tell, like, that's the thing about Tony Khan. The guy's a fan, right? Yeah. He's yeah. A fa- clearly a fan. Yeah. And, uh, Christopher Daniel's eye is like insane yeah. looking. Like, yeah. that's that, just a total side note. But, like, the, the fact that he's had that injury, like, what? maybe around a year ago now seven months i think is what yeah, they said. yeah and uh and is still like you said at, at his his age still willing to to go with one of the best in the biz and to see like that was such a just announcement and then that reward right it's like and now we're going to give you this match that feels so roh yeah and allowed it still allowed daniel bryan to or sorry brian danielson to be the that character that he is today and and you know kick his head off at the end so uh, I I appreciated everything I, I saw from that. Um, and then I don't know if what you know about this, but apparently they're going to utilize ROH as kind of a developmental territory. So like ROH as a brand isn't, isn't yeah, dead. That's what, that's what I wanted to kind of ask about next is, do you see them coming back as like a brand or is this purely for the, uh, the tape library? I'd like to see them as a brand. I mean, I tapped out of ROH basically when the big talent raid happened in the mid uh, 2010s when they lost yeah. like Steen, O'Reilly, Cole, like all all my favorites were were gone. The only people there that I still really liked were like Dalton Castle and Jay Lethal um, towards the tail end of it there. But um, I think it'd be great. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's some free agents right now. Uh, on the market, not wrestlers, but potential like bookers and people who can run things. I'm thinking of what if you just gave ROH to William Regal? There you go, yep. William. We hire you. You're going to run ROH. You're going to run our developmental. So essentially, he's doing kind of the same thing he was doing with NXT. And we all know where NXT got 
you know, under Regal's tutelage and also Triple H to an extent as well. But uh, the quality of those NXT shows, both the weeklies and the takeovers, uh, when Regal was involved, and everyone always talks about, especially when he was released, what a great mind for the business he has. What a wrestling genius. Sorry, Daniel McCabe. What a wrestling genius William Regal is and what an asset. And I think it'd be great, like, what if you put Christian there as well? Once uh, he's right. done his current run, because Christian is another guy who is much lauded as being one of the best minds in professional wrestling. And what better way to have the young talent and young stars of the future learn than under the tutelage of those guys? Yeah, and I don't like because the ROH title is still out and about somewhere, right? I don't know if Gresham Gresham still has it. I think Gresham still has it. Yeah, but it's out and about. But, yep. So, like you know, Gresham started up Terminus now. Like, could they come up with a deal? Because I think it'd be a good idea for. Um, if they do extend the ROH brand for it to be kind of a, in an, another kind of area of the world as kind of a, not area of the world, but area of the U S as, as a brand extension, have it based out of Chicago or Atlanta or yeah. Philadelphia or New York or what have you, where they can, um, kind of get a different geographical feel and, and hit a ge- different geographical audience. And, you know, they're, they'd be able to have, you know, Adam Cole show up one night to to an ROH show and, and you'd be able to get a crowd and you'd be able to get uh, potentially even a TV audience or a streaming audience if they do yeah. end up uh, with with a, a streaming platform, you know, to, to that would be good television. So and there's a I don't know what the plans are. Cole. There's a legacy yeah. with Adam Cole and Ring of Honor. There's a legacy with tons of those guys and yeah, Ring of Honor. Of I've got I've got some DVDs right over there uh, with very early Brian Danielson, Jamie, Jamie Gibson matches and stuff, and like low key Christopher Daniels. Like, just the that wasn't necessarily my heyday with ROH. Mine was the Kevin Steen scum uh, run. But uh, the fact that you could do in the future uh, Team AEW versus Team ROH, like blood and guts match or something, like a big team battle and it's all under the same roof, was, is awesome. Yeah, I, I think it gives them opportunity to branch out. It gives them opportunity to kind of still hoard some talent, um, but give them a different place to succeed. And and uh, this is all the right moves. Um, uh, it's interesting to see where Tony Khan is going to take this from here. I like how the audience was chanting for Shane. And he's like, no, no, no Shane here. Shane's not here. <laughs> Shane, no, no Shane. He's a fan, man. It's great yeah, to see. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, Dynamite, it started or uh, it, you know, well, kicked off with that match. But then we had the tag team Casino Royale. But it wasn't a Casino Battle Royal in a traditional sense with all the, the uh, no cards. cards and all. Yeah. Here comes the Joker team and all that sort yeah. of stuff, which Top Flight as a Joker team would have been really cool. Right. Uh, but yeah. great to see Top Flight back. I forgot how much I enjoyed type Top Flight just because I you know, kept being into Dante Martin. But I just completely forgot about that team. But now that they're back, I'm pretty excited. Uh, so I did. I did have it as a as a pusher berry uh, topic uh, for future use because I don't think we'll get to pusher berry tonight. But uh, is Dante Martin better off with or without Top Flight? Because he was kind of we were hitting that kind of impact of where he could yeah. have kept going and could have gotten a big push, and then his partner comes back and they automatically put him back. Uh, with Darius so you know I just don't I don't know if this is the right move for his career right now because he seemed to be at a point where he could have made it as a singles competitor well Paris I sat there 
befuddled and bewildered that he did not qualify for the face of the right. revolution ladder match. And this at, explains why. This <laughs> explains why 100%. Yeah. Okay, fine. But you're also putting him then in a tag. I mean, every division is stacked. Everything all across the board. I will not rest until legit Layla Hirsch is the TBS champion. No, wait, the women's champion, because Jade Cargill is holding that belt forever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. They're my, they're my two gals. I love legit Layla Hirsch, and I've uh, a multi-time confessed fan of Jade Cargill. They but should be a like, tag team. like a Oh, that'd be awesome. A, a big and tall tag team. <laughs> yeah, it's like when, uh, who was it, Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss in the Mix Max Challenge. I love that team. But... Uh, uh, that's a stacked tag division because a lot of people out there saying FTR should be the face of that division. These guys are the best tag team wrestlers. They're the only ones who like truly, truly, truly care about like traditional tag team wrestling. But then you also got uh, Jurassic Express in the triple threat now with Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. Uh, and then you've got Top Flight. I'm a big fan of the Acclaimed. Uh, you know, what other great tag teams, you know, what other great tag teams you have in the mix there? We saw a lot of them in that battle Royal. Yeah. And honestly, I felt like it kind of got, um, a bit silly with the battle Royal. Like it was almost too many teams. And I was like, what the fuck's Peter, Peter Avalon and, and, and Briley doing out here. And, and then you got, uh, Arn Anderson's kid and <laughs> some other jobber just out there. Just, I, I just. I don't, it, it made the match get messy, which I don't think it needed to get. Um, but I don't know, maybe they were just trying to put people on television who don't usually get to be showcased that way. Yeah. Uh, two but, Dark Order teams. Two Dark Order teams, yeah. And, like, I like I like Dark Order. I like all, all the guys that were in that match. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it, the, I was anticipating, I was like, oh, the Young Bucks will be next, the Young Bucks, and then they'll win. And, and that anticipation kept on being delayed because they kept on adding another like useless team that was in sorry varsity blondes but like you weren't gonna win that it's like i feel like they could have kept the kind of had an all killer no filler kind of yeah. uh, uh pitch to that match and it would have been a little bit better but uh well, but peter, I, peter pretty peter avalon's got to get on tv somehow you know don't forget Santana and Ortiz as well who have been doing this whole angle with chris jericho that like they don't need him uh but then they keep failing uh, without him, and they're giving him fist bumps later on, which I think may be setting something else up down the line. But uh, that's a super stacked tag division in a team well, that and, I really... And I now what? Really... We're, what? We're, we're now building to the potential of Brian Danielson and John Moxley like, oh my God, <laughs> becoming yeah. a tag team and then running roughshod over the whole division. Like, that... that that At this point, like, talking about how good the tag division seems to be and and how a lot of these guys are due... Uh, to then add add a superpowers team to it to to just kill everybody seems like a bad idea. So maybe that's not the way they're going to go. Because you know how much I love Billy Gunn's adult sons. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> yes. uh, thank God, when that match kept going into picture-in-picture commercial break and there were entrances during that point, I'm like, if I miss their music, if they don't get the proper entrance they deserve and the respect they deserve, I'm going to be furious. And luckily it was right back from commercial break when the clock hit zero. And here comes Billy Gunn's adult sons, um, which was, ah, I was super psyched. But I'm they a got big their fan proper the- entrance and they got their proper exit. They sure did. Immediately evacuated from the So match. they are down here. You can't see my hand, but it's very low. They are down here in the tag team pecking order. Okay. I also quite like, 
men of the year who aren't even really doing anything because Ethan Page is going to most likely be qualifying for the face of the revolution ladder match, I would assume. Uh, So, okay, there's men of the year. I also very much like the acclaimed, but the acclaimed, when would you say, just going by time, when do you think the acclaimed would be in the tag team title picture realistically? A year? Year and a half? Like, it's... It's jam-packed. There isn't really, space really for them right now. There yeah. isn't, right? Yeah. Yeah. Guy coming I did out. like, the, was it their rap this week that I liked? There was, yes. It was pretty, pretty good. <laughs> we the reason for the people in the seats. Y'all are less popular than Glenn Jacobs tweets. Ugh. <laughs> Max Caster, be still my heart. Nailed it. Fucking love the acclaimed. Ah, oh, they're so good. Very excited. Um, when is I'm Bear Country prepared? By the way, yeah. When's Bear Country? Oh, I have to. It's great. When's Bear Country <laughs> getting uh, their tag team title oh, shot? On. Right, like, yeah. Well, Butcher and Blade. They, they can stay on dark. Yeah, Butcher and Blade. Like they were in Private Party too. Is another good example of Private, like yeah. teams that were like I thought when AEW first started. I was like, well, the Private Party. Like strap the rocket to them. Like they're the next like big tag team here and they've done shit and that's unfortunate because i think they're both very talented but yeah with the exception yeah. of red dragon who just happened to be good timing as far as contracts being up and stuff you're not going to see like teams jump to like aew which is fine DIY. Because, oh oh no don't don't tease me <laughs> don't tease my parents <laughs> uh best match i've ever seen live i'll say it right now uh, DIY versus, uh, was it FTR, uh, two out of three falls at NXT TakeOver Toronto. Fucking so good. Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, the they, they like flipped their submissions on each other. Like, yeah. In, in like the second fall. That was, yeah. I love, I love that match. I remember on my birthday one year, my girlfriend, uh, hates wrestling. Uh, we get along great. Uh, my girlfriend hates wrestling. And I remember on my birthday one year, I was gonna, I, you know, was gonna play the birthday card and make her watch that tag match with me match. i ended up not doing it but uh, that was the one i'm like maybe this will make her a wrestling fan if she could see how great this match was because i went to that show with my brother-in-law who's not a wrestling person either and he was blown away at that show from two things that tag team match and peyton royce <laughs> fair enough he was yes he was in love with peyton royce at first sight so uh, Jericho cut his uh, promo, getting the match hyped up with Eddie Kingston. You looking forward to this? I am. I, I like the build here. I, I think, uh, you know, the, Jericho might not have everything that he's always had, but uh, I like I like the build to this match. I like what they both have to offer on the mic. So um, I don't know if it's going to be the greatest match, you know, ever, but but I think I'm going to enjoy it. And then uh, the next big segment on Dynamite was, uh, we're going to hear from CM Punk. CM Punk comes out, addresses last week's phenomenal MJF uh, promo and segment. And, man, I did not see coming that he referenced the picture of teenage, old teenage Phil Brooks with Stone Cold Steve Austin, which was at the height and apex of the Stone Cold took his ball and went home. And the Mm -hmm. fact that, he didn't just go on being a total asshole to people afterwards and, you know, because his hero essentially left. So he still judges MJF for being a piece of shit, even though he understands it. Uh, I thought that was great. I didn't see that coming as far as uh, what he would describe. But now going back into him and his idol, Steve Austin, walking out. Mwah! Oh, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> and I, I love the, the portion, too, of him being like, I'm also an asshole. 
like remember when i you know threw paul bearer's ashes everywhere yeah. like all those kind of references of like all the dirtbag shit that he did when he was a heel like i thought i i thought that was a, a great like the great nods and great references and stuff like that, that, that we we're all, that we've all appreciated throughout the extent of this, of this run. I am a big fan of the Marvel cinematic universe. Uh, and I love obviously Avengers uh, Endgame and Avengers infinity war and stuff. But the thing I love about where the Marvel movies are and the shows are, is it rewards you for paying attention and being a fan, a long tenure yeah. fan. It's not like you can't jump on and you're going to be hopelessly lost or anything, but it has those little extra attention to detail, which if you've been invested and you care is going to pay off and shit's going to hit at a deeper level for you. And that's what this, feud is i'm still stunned they managed to get from second week of november all the way to second week of march and there have been no down spots yeah. in this yeah. uh feud they waited they were patient before they busted out the picture and then just the fallout from punk bringing out the picture a couple weeks ago has just been hit after hit after hit uh this was great uh mjf comes out they have a hug i'm telling i'm in my head i'm like punk put your knees together bud Stand like a pencil. Stand like a pencil. Put your knees together. The other person in the dick first. And MJF, yeah, kicks him in the dick. Takes off his jacket. He's got the the famous picture on a T-shirt. Bloodies him open with the dynamite diamond ring. Uh, he has his cronies. I love the fact that he had FTR's role in this was to wait on the ramp and beat the shit Stop out of security. security. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was such a nice little touch and a good utilization of your cronies and flunkies. Uh, and then, I don't know if you saw this. I This didn't clue into me until I saw it on Twitter earlier today. But when MJF's like, you stupid, stupid old man, I'm a snake and does the whole devil greatest trick exist thing. 100% apes and mirrors CM Punk doing the same thing in Ring of Honor like fucking 17 oh, years ago. Geez. Yeah, like I, I, I retweeted it on the... Um, NEW, uh, the NEW WrestlePod Twitter account. Check that out because it's like a side-by-side or top-and-bottom comparison. And again, the layers and levels. I'm a big wrestling fan, and it's bringing up stuff I completely forgot about or didn't even know about. Man, it's great. Well, to your comparison to to the MCU, that's that's a great comparison because it's like you could jump in at knowing nothing and really enjoy every moment of this. Or you could have been a casual wrestling fan for the last 10 years and get something else. Or you could have been an ROH fan from 20 years ago and get a whole other level of this uh, that someone else isn't going to get. And like to your comparison, you know, that's I I'm an MCU fan, too, but I don't you know, and I've paid attention to every movie, but I don't read the comics so I can go back and be like, what was that referencing and and dive into and Google and find it interesting in a different way. And yeah, that's a a great analogy. And yeah, just to elaborate my best my you know opinion about like the comedy that works really well is it should be funny to all but hilarious to few. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you can it's easily accessible. You think it's funny. But if you know, if you have those extra little nuggets, it just hits really, really, really special for you. I I cannot wait for this match. Here's what I want to ask you. Paris. Yes, sir. Does this match main event? Should it main event revolution on Sunday? <sighs> they. There's a few matches that could could main event for starters, but no, I think I think they will they will stick with the title with match. the uh, title match as as the main event. I think this whole run 
although uh, the MJF and CM Punk stuff has been absolute gold, they have still remained focused on keeping that storyline as the main event storyline. So I think yeah. they'll carry on that way. Like, but I think that one has the most foregone conclusion of basically any match on the show. Uh, I I don't think anybody sees Adam Cole walking out of there with the AEW championship. Do you? No. Yeah, no, no. chance. No chance at all. So there's a little bit of intrigue there. I'm excited to watch that match. It's going to be an awesome card top to bottom. But I don't see there being a lot of intrigue with that title match because... And maybe yeah, we'll get swerved. but no one's turning it off. You're, you're, you might pay for... CM Punk and MJF, but you're not going to turn it off and be like, uh, I know what's going to happen. Fuck this, I'm not watching this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thunder Rosa and uh, Britt Baker getting it on at uh, at Revolution. Is it Thunder Rosa's time? I don't No, I don't think so. You think Britt Baker's going to keep going? Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think she's proven herself as, as someone who <clears throat> can can roll with the big boys and, and, and continue to be a champion like you can't i don't think there's any interest in not having her as the champion so then where do you go from here as far as who her next rival is do you try and bring ruby soho back up i think thunder rosa this is a long time story they've been telling with thunder rosa and yep. Britt baker going back to their incredible lights out match like over a year ago on dynamite so this is kind of a uh, Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega thing. If it's not going to be Thunder Rosa, who potentially could it be down the line? I don't think anybody as far as storyline or rival standpoint is anywhere on Thunder Rosa's level as far as being a rival to Britt Baker. Yeah, I, I'm not saying she won't be eventually the one to take it off of her, but I'm just I just don't feel like now is the time. Okay. Um, so so it might be Thunder Rosa eventually, but I, I don't think it's going to be on Sunday. But maybe I'm the outlier here. Okay. Well, I think the right answer to that was it's going to be legit Layla Hirsch, and it's going to be Sorry. sooner. It's thir- sooner well, than you, you think. Well, what actually complicates things is this mid card title. We've never had, you know, a women's mid card title before, and so to add the TBS championship into the mix, like I would have said, you know, like oh, like there's Tay Conti and and there's uh, Jade Cargill and, and there's all these other women in the mix who would certainly deserve the next shot. Uh, but we can give them the TBS title at this point, right? So yeah. having that mid-card title, uh, it, it makes it interesting um, for the for the main title, uh, who can who can carry it. Because it, you do have to be a next-level uh, performer and a next-level champion in order to be the one to carry that one. Because it is so much more elevated when you have that secondary title beneath it. Yeah, funny you should bring it up. Because Tay Conti, uh, Britt Baker's last pay-per-view opponent really good showing against uh brit baker but now she's yep. going to be wrestling uh and losing to jade cargill uh for the tbs uh championship you got chris statlander also floating around out there um you know yeah the women's she's fighting layla hirsch right she is and will be losing yeah. to legit layla hirsch <laughs> my gals they're going to the top mike paris uh, what else do we have? We have the face of the Revolution ladder match again. There's one more person left to qualify, and it'll most likely be Ethan Page. But then you got all the Hosses in there. Keith Lee, who will be wrestling on Rampage, I believe, tonight, uh, but uh, has not been in action since his his debut a while ago. So it'll be nice to get to see some more uh, Keith Lee. Um, now this is for the TNT uh, title shot for the TNT Championship, which is also going to be on the line on Rampage tonight in a triple threat with Darby Allen and Andrade 
and Sammy Guevara, for some reason, still carrying around both belts. Sir, you unified them. Just carry one belt, please. Um, but, uh, yeah, who do you see coming out of the face of the Revolution ladder match, and why is it Wardlow? I, do you know, I don't, I don't know. I, is it Wardlow? Like, is it that? Well, like, here's the thing. So, the whole thing with... Because then you're, you're MJF... taking Wardlow away from MGF. Well, no, you're, you're not, that. because MJF's thing is you're going to win the TNT title, and then I'm going to make you give it to me. You have to hand it over to me, which you might get. That's the, to WWE, you find this. That's the Randy Orton hold on to the belt and then spit in Triple H's face and all that sort of stuff, right? Or the Batista put him through the table. They're obviously doing, they're going for an evolution level face turn for Wardlow here. They've been building up for a long time. Now, the question is, are you going to build that up over the TNT title, or does MJF beat CM Punk and then go on to beat Hangman Page for the AEW championship, and that's when you have Wardlow turn? I don't think, like, that's, yeah, that's a really, MJF really high level. MJF seems so game. above the TNT title right now. He does, and especially if like, he gets this win. Like, yeah, yeah, so so that seems like a demotion to me. Uh, and uh, albeit we all want to see... You know him and Wardlow at some point. Uh, the, the TNT title seems to be something that that shouldn't be involved. Involved, and it, and it's always been used as a stepping stone for anyone. Um, so unless Wardlow's going to win this match and then lose to Sammy Guevara, um, or or whomever, if someone yeah. comes out of Rampage different tonight, which I doubt. Um, but like it's always seemed like a stepping stone title, so. It, I could see Keith Lee like being that guy. I could see Ethan Page being that guy. So it is murky as hell. The TNT title yeah. picture, the whole mid card is super murky. But that's great because anybody could come out of the woodwork or and reasonably make a claim for it. Let's not forget Miro's out there floating around in space. We could see Miro come back at some point really soon. But I have no idea who's going to win the face of the Revolution ladder match because everybody could make a legitimate claim to it, except for one of my favorites in the match. I don't really think Powerhouse Hobbs or even Ricky Starks are going to come no. out of this getting this shot. It'll be Wardlow. It'll be really interesting to see what they do as far as what their plans are. It'll be very telling to see who comes out of this match because I think it's either Wardlow or Keith Lee. Yeah, that sounds right to me as well. But yeah, like I said, I, I'd, I'd put the money on, on Keith Lee because I think they have uh, different and better storyline plans for Wardlow. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about Adam Cole, Adam Page. Again, you don't see the, the title changing hands. Uh, but you're also not going to turn off the pay-per-view, which is great. Let's let's watch. No, that. especially after the, especially after the kind of beatdown uh, bit that they did uh, to to end Dynamite this week. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's fuel fuel in uh, in in Adam Page's uh, fire there, and I, I think he's going to come back and and uh, get rid of the Red Dragon, etc. Yeah, I saw somebody mention on Twitter uh, that, uh, you know, talk about the MJF 2024 bidding war, because uh, he's bigging himself up and talking about how much WWE is going to have to pay to, like, lure him away and make him a huge star and all that kind of stuff. And someone brought up the point where, like, if you take Adam Page out of AEW right now, you know, take championship notwithstanding, if neither one of those guys was champion and you took Adam Page out of AEW, Oh, okay, that's, you know, that's relatively impactful, but they've got plenty of talent and stuff. But if you were to take MJF out of AEW, the gap, the crater that that would leave uh, in the company is staggering. 
Yeah, he he's he's next level right now. He's and MVP. And the the heel work is just like he's the best pro wrestling heel in probably the last 10 years. I I don't even know who who could uh, supplant him in the, in that regard either. Like I can't think of instantly I can't think of someone who's better just from his mic work, his ring work, his character work, uh, the character that he portrays while he's wrestling uh that extends to to his promo work is just like he's just flawless in that role. Um and he could ride it forever. Like it it isn't it isn't something that I could see getting tiresome either. He could yeah. all, he's good enough to make it work for a long time. Without question. Uh, moving over to WWE, obviously not as uh, you know groundbreaking week for WWE. This is you know AEW's week. Um, Vince McMahon was on Pat McAfee's show. Um, first televised or first like interview non like uh, WWE wise in fifteen years or something like that. Uh, not surprised to see him with uh, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee not afraid to you know bring up AEW, asking about that. Vince saying, "Oh, competition's good for business and everything." Uh, a lot of stuff about Vince, um, you know, wanting to listen to the fans and give the fans what they want, but also talking about how the internet fans are, you know, very bitter about things at times so he doesn't really listen to tries not tends not to listen to them because they could be i forget what the terminology used was but like very bitter and very like nitpicky or whatever to paraphrase um i don't know where then else he's getting his feedback from fans surveys because uh yeah and I, I can see that though it is the very like vocal minority like it is like they aren't a lot of the people on twitter what have you uh aren't the ones paying his bills right like it is the it is the kids it is the parents it is the the people who are watching the product week to week who are going to the house shows going to the pay-per-views etc etc those are the guys paying the bills so i like i said i don't know where he is getting (laughs) feedback from but he isn't someone who seems to 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 reflect well on feedback anyway so yeah and if he's getting it from you know merchandise sales and stuff from the shows we've been to countless shows and you know where are my cesaro shirts where why are there 10 roman reign shirts and nine john cena shirts and eight Rey mysterio shirts like oh they're the best that's what's popular that's what sells it's like well yeah but there are these other shirts I know that are online that I would love to have and love to buy at a show, but they're never really there. So what's up with that? Uh, he also announced that he is going to be the one inducting Undertaker into the WWE Hall of Fame. M- makes sense. Like, I get it. Maybe it was supposed to be Glenn Jacobs, and then he got too too angry behind <laughs> the Twitter machine. Um, oh, Adam Page fucking murdered him on uh, on Twitter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's like, uh, all right, Sean Waltman, Sean Waltman's tweet, very good. Yeah. Just yeah. The shooting the bazooka Blasting into his fire. face. That's yeah. pretty good. But uh, Adam Page with the links to donate to like UNICEF and other charities, and then a link to a video of what was it, 12 of the most vicious chair shots to Kane's head. Shots that Kane's ever had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sad Wyatt's not here, because I got to say, even Wyatt's got to be a Hangman Page fan after, uh, yeah, no after that, because that was a murder. That's some cowboy shit. Yep. Uh, Nia Jax, the most recent to put out an asinine tweet, but uh, oh, what'd she say? God damn. So not only is she a a bad 
bad wrestler. She's also a bad person. What'd she say? Uh, yeah, no, some, you know, anti-masker, anti-vaxxer shit like that. Okay. She was like, all these people crying about Ukraine when they, about stop Ukraine there. fighting stop for there. their freedom. Stop. Yeah, and then Naya, compared it to like people who weren't willing to, to you know, who put up with mask mandates and stuff. Anyway, it was Naya, just some stop. terrible juxtaposition between the two events. <laughs> anyway. Just stop, Naya! <laughs> Um, what I'm trying to think of what else there. Not me. Yeah. Major things that came out of that interview with Pat McAfee. Oh, uh, well, he revealed that he works out between one 30 in the morning and 3 AM. Uh, and sometimes he goes too hard. So, like, and he doesn't like to show that he's tired. That's he's, that's always been like weird Vince stuff. You hear like he hates sneezing in front of people because it shows yeah. weakness and all that sort of shit. Uh, but he also offered uh, Pat McAfee a match at, uh, WrestleMania. Which McAfee got super excited about. Not necessarily a match with him. Didn't say, yeah, you and me, okay. pal, WrestleMania. But uh, yeah. talking to McAfee about like him wrestling. And McAfee, holy shit. He said, uh, yeah, Vince, I owe you some money because like I've been a wrestling fan for a long time. I used to steal WrestleMania from you. We'd go to whoever's house had the black <laughs> box. So I probably owe you about seven ninety nine or something for, uh, for some of the wrestling. Like, ah, fuck, I love Pat McAfee. And I like, everybody I don't know what they're... D- Sorry? I feel like everybody does. I think Samoa Joe yeah. said this week that he didn't think he'd like him at all before he met him, but then like they got on famously like right away, and he loves Pat McAfee. So, and I don't know what they've been doing differently the last little while, but between uh, Bad Bunny and McAfee, like these guys who aren't wrestlers are showing up pretty well for their matches. So, like McAfee and Adam Cole was was a good match. So I I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset if he was on the WrestleMania card. Yeah, because it's weird. Because like for celebrity involvement and stuff, I mean, McAfee at his like base level was a professional athlete. He was a punter, right. but at least like yeah, he yeah. was a professional athlete. Knows about physical coordination and all that sort of stuff. But the Bad Bunny stuff also very impressive because, as far as I'm aware, not a professional athlete in his other job. I'm pretty sure he's some sort of singer. <laughs> don't know what he does. I'm not sure what he does. Uh, Triple H gave him a big, gaudy silver microphone in a yellow briefcase and told him to have at her. That was the cheesiest shit ever. You and I guess we good. got Logan Paul now too. Like so. Yeah. Who you know? They're trying to drag everyone out into this. Yeah, we'll be talking a lot about you know Mania over the next uh, couple of weeks or whatever as they you know continue their build. They've made AJ Styles versus Edge official for WrestleMania. I'm not excited at all about it, but it's an AJ Styles match, and he has great matches with pretty much everybody, so that'll be good. I'm just yeah, and that's basically what they're selling the entire match on. It's like that's why we should be excited about first it. first time ever. Yeah, okay. exactly. Which like okay, and then Edge heel turned at least for the time being. Cool. Uh, yeah, which sure. did nothing for me either. I actually stopped what I was doing and tuned into Raw live. Uh, to watch that because I was worried it was going to be Cody Rhodes so I did tune in and I was like oh oh okay this is not appointment television so we're about a month out from uh, the mania of wrestling Uh, no Cody Rhodes thus far cards starting to take shape do you think they save him for raw after mania to be that whole raw after mania push and all that sort of stuff I don't I don't know what they're doing 
Because where does like, it fit? Me and Justin Morris had talked about this uh, a lot on Friday uh, on yeah. commentary. We didn't talk about NEW. We were just talking about where Cody Rhodes fits. <laughs> Not joking. But um, yeah, Stone Cody, Steve Austin. Uh, just like where he fits in the card and who he who he wrestles. I mean, maybe you see a Cody McAfee, Austin Theory, Vince like tag match. Or whatever, because I don't. I, I'll oh tell you right now. I don't want to. I don't want to see. I, don't, I just I, threw up on my mouth. Well, I don't want to see Vince wrestle slash die in the middle of the ring uh, at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. I would rather just have Austin Theory and Cody like one on one. Yeah. Yes. Put put Vince in his corner or something. Got, like fuck it, and just the laziness of oh, I'm Kevin Owens and I hate Texas. All of a sudden, ah, uh, Texas is stupid. Texas sucks. It's like I don't think we. I don't think we're getting Steve Austin. Maybe. In that uh, in that regard, I mean, it's very very obvious. He's all shit talking Texas. It can be nothing but Steve Austin. But uh, there's yeah. lots of people from Texas. Yeah, Undertaker Takers Mark, from Texas. Mark, Mark Henry. Henry jumps back. That'd be great. I got uh, plenty left in the tank. Oh shit! I got it. All right, there we go. Booker all right, T. So, so Kevin Owens is in the ring, right? And then someone comes out and brings him a box. He's like, I have a package for you. Who's this from? I don't know. Here's a package. Okay. Opens it up. Pulls out inside is the salmon jacket from Mark Henry's fake retirement thing. And then everybody knows, oh shit, this is Avengers Endgame level Easter eggs. Mark Henry's coming back from Silsby, Texas, and he's going to batter Kevin Owens at WrestleMania for shit talking. Here's what I can see them doing. All right. Is a no match. Kevin Owens ends up in the ring at WrestleMania. Cutting a promo against the shithole Texas. Yeah. A few of them, maybe just Steve Austin, maybe a few of them come out and they beat the shit out of them and they call it a day. Oh, all Texas people? Like you yeah. have Shawn Michaels yeah. and Bradshaw. Booker and- T, Bradshaw, oh, yeah. the, uh, the Mark Henry. T- Texas cavalcade of wrestlers come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that would be terrible. To defend yeah. Texas's honor. Would Ugh. you be at all surprised? Because that sounds no, not exactly at all. like how it I, should be. I fought, they were talking about, oh, Steve Austin's coming back, and that's exciting. I was like, I'm sorry. I remember when he decimated the League of Nations and the New Day. Uh, I feel like that may be the level of Austin involvement we get, because I can't yeah. I can't shake out of my head all the shit that Austin said over the years about not coming back and not, like, pissing on his legacy, essentially. Right. Not, like, he loves how he went out. Uh, against The Rock. He, nobody knew it was his final match, and he just kind of went out on his terms, and he wants people to remember that when it comes to, like, Stone Cold. I also... I saw him take some bumps on, like, not Broken Skull Sessions, but he did Tough Enough, right? With Big Andy. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. he looked really good yeah. in the ring when he was training with them on uh, Tough Enough, but even that was, like, what, 13 years ago? More? Yeah, it was, Less? It's been a while. Yeah. Who the hell knows? But, um... So, yeah. So, I could, I could see them doing that, just having the... the a sequence of of Texas guys come out and just beat the shit out of uh, out I, of uh, our old Quebecois friend. I can't imagine Steve Austin watching over the years Goldberg have the matches he has, and oh, here's Shawn Michaels, Triple H versus Undertaker and Kane in Saudi Arabia, and like all these folks who have like held on a little bit too long, and you know, I'm not gonna say they're tarnishing their legacies or whatever, but they're not Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania, whatever it was, who was like, oh, and even then, it wasn't necessarily that Ricky Steamboat was great in that match. He was just you know faster than the slowest guys. He was better than Roddy Piper, and was it Snuka was the other one? The three legends, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, and he got a match at Backlash, and then that was it. So, I mean, I'll be surprised if Steve Austin comes back, but uh, 
yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. And that's pretty much it for the wide world of wrestling. Uh, we went heavy on NEW at the start of the show. So you want to get into this week in wrestling history? Yes, sir. All right. What we're going to do right here is go back, way back, back into time. One, two, three, four, hit it! So a pretty eventful week, as always. Sorry to keep forgiving. Uh, as always, <laughs> uh, in pro wrestling. But there were a couple things from this week that really sort of jumped out at me. Uh, we're going back to 2001. Uh, two days before it was due to take place, ECW canceled the Living Dangerously pay-per-view. It came as no surprise as they had no venue booked, no television to promote it, and no tickets on sale. Also, ECW owner Paul Heyman was a color commentator on Monday Night Raw because that was a week after Jerry Lawler left the company. Heyman made his debut on Raw as the new color commentator, but he was still in charge of ECW. And if you watch Rise and Fall of ECW or hear some shoot interviews, everybody was shocked kind of that that happened. And that was the official like nail in the coffin for ECW. Yeah, it's funny that we're having this topic, you know, uh, talking about how Tony Khan just bought uh, yeah. <laughs> bought ROH and bought that dying brand and is going to assimilate it in because this was... So, now that, that event, that uh, pay-per-view, um, what did they have? I guess they had a card? <laughs> Wrestlers booked? They had no venue, no oh, promotion, Steve no ticket Carino sold. and Jerry Lynn for the ECW, uh, the unified ECW television and world title, or a triple threat with Rhino involved. I'm sure Sandman was still around. Tommy Dreamer was going to have to be dragged out of there kicking and screaming. You don't have to pay that guy. He'll still wrestle for you. So <laughs> He'll show up. I'm just trying to remember like what wrestlers were still on the roster at that time. Danny Doring and Roadkill were definitely still there. I'm sure Chris Chetty <laughs> was still there. Oh, just man. incredible. No, he was gone. Yeah. No, just incredible was there. I think was he, he was one. Okay. He was one of yeah. the last champions. I think the last ECW proper ECW champion was Rhino, uh, and I think he might have beaten Steve Carino for uh, for the title. But uh, yeah, sad when uh, ECW closed up shop and and folded up. And then a year prior, uh, in two thousand, uh, Rob Van Dam's seven hundred day ECW TV title reign uh, ended because of injury. Which that was again. I don't need to tell y'all how much of a fan I am of Rob Van Dam. It's crushing, crushing for fifteen-year-old me that that streak came to an end. And that that was kind of you know some of these things that we talk about are the the beginning of the end here for for ECW and as they kind of started to lose some of their top talent uh, to to the big leagues. Um, Rob Van Dam never jumped ship until it was too late, but. Talk about a captain not going down with their ship as as Paul Heyman shows up. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that's like that's uh I guess this doesn't out. exist anymore. I guess we're not <laughs> wrestling because he's over there now. 
I got offered a contract from them uh, last month, and Paul told me to stay loyal to this brand, and I did, and now he's over there. Mikey Whipwreck looking around going, guys, we got a show in two days. Uh, <laughs> anybody anyone know, know where it is? <laughs> well, yeah, we don't have a venue booked, and no tickets are on sale. Like, yeah, it's such a weird, a really weird time, and everyone kind of talks about the folding of WCW, and, oh, here's Shane, I bought WCW, and all that kind of stuff. But just the ECW ended in the most ECW way possible, with everyone kind of, you know, Holding their dicks in their hands, going, "Wait, are we not a thing anymore? What's what's Paul doing? <laughs> what the hell? What's Paul doing on TV? What's Paul doing on TV? What's going on?" And I think this was—I'm trying to remember where this was in the timeline of Mike Awesome. I think it was, uh, yeah, probably prior to that. Mike Awesome wrestling Taz, a WWE wrestler versus a WWF wrestler for the ECW title on like a you know random house show somewhere. And then I remember ECW champion Taz versus Triple H on like a SmackDown or whatever. Triple H beat him in, I don't know, four minutes. That's probably generous. Sounds all right. Yeah. Ah, uh, ECW, miss you. But thanks to the WWE Network, we can watch all of it. Except for in Russia. They uh, they severed ties with Russia, uh, WWE Network. So no longer cool. available there. Good for them. That'll change things. That'll, yeah. <laughs> I saw a tweet. <laughs> someone was like, you know, talking about, oh, yeah, uh, Putin's got all these sanctions on him. Their economy's in the toilet, all this stuff. But at least I could still watch Unforgiven 2006 on the WWE <laughs> Network. Uh, sir, I've got, oh, some shit. Ba- what? sir <laughs> I've got some bad news for Cancel you. Cancel everything. <laughs> I'm afraid I've got some bad news. All right. Okay, well, that uh, that wraps up this episode of Wrestle Nation. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at N-E-W WrestlePod, and be sure to also follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account at N-E-W Wrestling Inc. The shop on NationExtremeWrestling.com is open, so check it out. Get your merch. Get your shirts. Be sure to subscribe to this show on iTunes and Spotify, and if you're on iTunes, leave a rating. Leave a review, please. Helps us with our metrics and helps get the show out there to more people. Uh, thank you, Mike Paris. Our thanks also to Wyatt Aren't the Stanchion, who's out investigating right now. You can almost hear the creaking in my fingers as I do air quotes for the fact that he's out investigating. Investigating how quickly he can invest a, ingest a bottle of something, I'm sure. That's right. So for me, Jay Bowman... The architect, Mike Paris. That's all for this week. We'll see you all next week on Wrestle Nation. Uh-huh.